Hello there, and welcome to the 100th episode of Check with Tech, your guide to all things tech. Now, before we start this episode, I would just like to say that 100 episodes! When I started this podcast, I never thought I would go this far. I genuinely thought I would stop at, I don't know, episode 35. I That was my goal at the beginning. So, to do more than double my target is insane so thank you guys for listening to this podcast and just helping me continue to keep making episodes that you enjoy and as a sort of celebration to that i will be adding a new feature to all of you spotify viewers out there and starting from this episode onwards i will be adding questionnaires to each of the upcoming episodes again starting uh, today so If you're interested in answering those questions, which will be related to the topics uh, that we'll be talking about this episode, please go on down to the uh, episode description and answer the question. So, again, thank you for sticking with me for over 100 weeks, and let's get started, shall we? So, first things first, we have uh, some phone news, we have some slight PC news, and then we'll end everything off with the tiny topics. Let's start. New phones! You never would have thought about that, huh? So, as is tradition, gaming phones get refreshed a lot. A lot. Every six months or so. Asus has done it, Red Magic has done it this year, all except Xiaomi has done it this year until today with the Xiaomi Black Shark 4S and the 4S Pro. Now, they're not like le- uh, legitimate upgrades, they do have some minor improvements. So don't expect they'll be adding, uh, I don't know, 20 gigabytes of RAM. So without further ado, let's talk about the Xiaomi Black Shark 4S, which has a 6.67 inch Super AMOLED 144Hz display. Uh, it's powered by the Qualcomm Snapdragon 875G. Uh, it has a 4500 mAh battery with fast charging up to 120 watts. For storage, you can go from 128 to 256 gigabytes of storage of UFS 3.1 storage, 8 to 12 gigs of RAM, three cameras on the back, a 48 megapixel main camera, an 8 megapixel ultra wide camera, and a 5 megapixel micro camera on the front. You have a 20 megapixel selfie camera. Now it comes in two colors, black and white, and it'll start at $420 or 360 euros. Design wise, I would say it's one of the quieter gaming phones. Uh, out there in terms of design. On the front, slim bezels, you get a hole punch camera at the top middle, and on the back you have a horizontal camera cutout in the shape of a hexagon, which of course houses uh, houses the three lenses next to each other. In the middle, of course, uh, you get the Black Shark logo. And in the 4S Pro, it has almost all the same specs, except now it's powered by the Qualcomm Snapdragon 888+. Plus. Uh, storage has gotten up all the way to 512 gigabytes of UFS 3.1 storage and 16 gigabytes of RAM. And the cameras have gotten an upgrade too. Uh, you get a 64 megapixel main camera, uh, an 8 megapixel ultra wide camera, and a 5 megapixel macro camera. So it's really only uh, the main camera that, that has gotten an upgrade. And another thing that has been increased is the price. The the 4S Pro comes in black and white and costs 755 dollars or 655 euros 
Next up, let's talk about the Samsung Galaxy Z Fold 3, or more specifically, the Chinese version of it. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Samsung has officially released um, a version of the Samsung Galaxy uh, Z Fold 3, uh, just like last year, it has a different name, the Samsung W22 5G. Okay, uh, how is it different? Nothing except the design. Uh, it has the same specs on paper. It has the same, um, I don't know, build quality and whatever. It is the, the colors and the overall design of it that has gotten a slight, slight improvement in my opinion. It does look a bit better than the base Z Fold 3. Now I'll try to describe uh, the colors. Uh, it's basically like the base black, uh, phantom black version, except the spine has a sort of text, uh, textured gold color in it. And on the back, you have um, a, the, a logo, the W22 logo in gold, which is just, uh, I believe, heart to the world, written in Chinese. Honestly, I like this uh, color very much. I really like uh, the contrast between the two colors, of course, black and gold. Other than that, of course, there are some uh, software changes as you cannot get any of Google's apps or services. And uh, support for some bands have been either changed or removed completely. So I don't think it would be a very good decision to import this from China. Next up, let's talk about a OnePlus phone. Uh, they have been quiet for a while, I would say. Don't get me wrong, uh, they are selling generally good phones. And they're still announcing some new stuff. But, uh, I don't know, I just feel like interest with OnePlus is declining so fast. I remember when uh, the OnePlus 7 and the 7 Pro were announced. Everyone talked about it. And now OnePlus releases, like a phone every month and yeah uh, they did kind of lose their touch with the audience per se and to be honest i think an argument could be made uh, at how the phone industry works against the manufacturers and companies releasing phones every year while yeah it makes sense since there are always new uh, technologies to be revealed and whatever but yeah the differences between new generations are becoming smaller and smaller and harder to see. And meanwhile, uh, leakers just keep spoiling information about a phone that hasn't even been shown yet. I mean, there was already a teardown and reassembly video of uh, the Pixel 6, which hasn't even launched to this day. So yeah, I feel bad for these companies who are just trying to surprise and make generally good phones, because yeah, the business is very competitive. So, how does OnePlus respond to that? Well, let's see with the China-only OnePlus 9 RT 5G. Now we got the OnePlus 9, we got the OnePlus 9 Pro, which is the better version of the OnePlus 9. We got the OnePlus 9 R, which kind of like the iPhone XR, is a cheaper and less powerful version. I don't think they could do that again without changing the name. Like at this point, it really is just a mixture of random letters. But who am I to judge? Let's just talk about phones and have a good time. So, the China-only OnePlus 9 RT has a 6.62 AMOLED uh, 120Hz display, 
It's powered by the Qualcomm uh, Snapdragon 888. It has a 4500 mAh battery with fast charging up to 65 watts. For storage, you can go from 128 to 256 GB of UFS 3.1 storage, 8 to 12 gigs of RAM, 3 cameras on the back, a 50 megapixel main camera, a 16 megapixel ultra wide camera, and a 2 megapixel macro camera. On the front, you have a 16 megapixel selfie camera. It comes in three colors, black, silver, and blue, and costs 3200 Chinese yuan. Design-wise, it's, it's a OnePlus phone. They all, generally speaking, look the same. That's not even an exaggeration. Of course, slim bezels. It gets a hole punch cutout uh, at the top left uh, of the phone. On the back, you have a rounded rectangle with the three lenses on top of each other. There's nothing surprising about that. There, There's no change. You could show me um, a OnePlus Nord 2 and the OnePlus 9 Pro, and I would generally be confused, and I, I, I won't be able to tell you which is which. I'll know it's a OnePlus phone, sure, you could see the logo at the back. But other than that, there's no distinct design for each phone, and I think that makes uh, the general public more confused. And another thing that's surprising about this phone, it's only available in China. Like, it, it has, generally speaking, good specs. Why release it in only one market? Granted, it is a big market. But why only one? I'm not saying they should release more phones to uh, to the public, but I'm saying that if they make good phones, they should release it to all markets. And one last tangent, I hate, I generally hate that OnePlus decided to make a separate macro camera for this phone. They introduced a built-in macro feature to the ultra-wide camera in the OnePlus 7T series. It was incredible, you could use your ultra-wide camera as a macro camera. At the same time, you don't have to waste any more resources. Granted, it's not as marketable as having three epic cameras that shoot high-quality photos and videos. But one of those lenses just does half a job. Like, 99% of the time, y you generally don't use macro cameras, uh, except uh, for the first five minutes that you actually get the phone to just test the cameras out. Maybe take one picture of a ladybug you found, but other than that, like, what do you use it for? So it is disappointing uh, to see OnePlus just go down this dark path. It is, it is just simply disappointing. Oh, and along with that, we also showed um, wireless earbuds. And there's nothing interesting about it. Uh, the OnePlus Buds Z2. It has Dolby Atmos support, active noise cancellation, 30 hours of battery life, uh, which includes the case and without ANC turned on. The buds themselves uh, have a water uh, resistance rating of IP55, while the case has a rating of IPX4. It starts uh, selling only in China for now uh, for 500 Chinese yuan or $77. Okay, um, so that's it with OnePlus. Let's look at the iPhone. Uh, iPhone 13 just dropped. It's a pretty cool phone. Uh, it's faster, uh, has a longer lasting battery, yada yada yada. But one thing I was very disappointed at was the lack of a USB-C port on this. Like, come on, most if not all of your devices except the iPhone have USB-C ports. Even their new iPad mini, one of their biggest selling points, it has a USB-C port with Thunderbolt, I believe. But we can catch a glimpse of what the iPhone would look like with a USB-C port. Um, can Pillonel 
an engineering student uh, just made a side project which uh, included physically modding the iPhone to have a USB-C port. And I gotta say, that is just simply impressive. Um, he made an interview with Gizmodo about this. And apparently it was really challenging, which again makes sense. One does not simply replace uh, the charging port in a phone, it's specifically an iPhone. The biggest challenge was how to use Apple's uh, C94 connector, which is the circuit Apple sells um, to use lightning cables and connectors. So he had to get that, uh, then a solder the C94 connector to a conversion board and then attach the USB, uh, USB-C port and then of course uh, change the physical uh, body of the iPhone, specifically the bottom rail to uh, of course fit the USB-C port onto it and have no space in between. It was all very impressive but ca- can you imagine an iPhone with USB-C? Like of course it makes things simpler, you only have to, to use one cable for all of your devices but I, again I can see this working even for Apple like they could strengthen their ecosystem even further it could also be a good marketing campaign for Apple get one charger charge all of your phones or tablets or laptops even it would make getting a flash drive that's compatible with your phone even easier there are a lot of USB-C flash drives compared to lightning lightning port flash drives and of course, uh, they would be able to charge their phones faster, have uh, more efficient cables. So yeah, I know this is a topic that everyone talks about because yeah, it will make such a difference to the ecosystem and how we use iPhones, generally speaking. Just like how HTC uh, made a smart scuba mask. I'm kidding, kinda. Introducing the HTC Vive Flow, a new VR headset that frankly looks like a scuba mask, except the port that covers your nose. For just 500 US dollars, you can get, uh, as I said, the scuba mask that has uh, two 75Hz uh, refresh rate displays that folds uh, to make it more portable. Its battery promises uh, around 4 to 5 hours of use. Uh, it runs on uh, the Qualcomm XR1 chip with 4GB of RAM and 64GB of storage. And the most interesting feature of this VR headset is how to use it. Okay, there are no uh, hand controllers or whatever they're called. You use the thing you use most, which is probably the device you're listening uh, the podcast from. Your phone. You can use it as a pointer, uh, you can use the touch display. Uh, to scroll, go back, uh, select, left or right. But there is a caveat and that is there is no official iPhone support. So if you intend on buying this headset, you better have an Android phone with you or else you're just gonna be stuck on the home screen. And for our last uh, topic, before we head on to uh, the PC stuff and the tiny topics, Events! Who doesn't love events? Specifically, who doesn't love sequels to events? Oh my god, we are mimicking the movie industry. So, we have three events back to back to back. October 18th, we have the new Apple event. October 19th, we have the launch of the Pixel 6 and the Pixel 6 Pro. And October 20th, we have the Samsung Unpacked Part 2 event. It's a wrestling match with the three biggest tech giants in the world. Who will win? 
who will lose and who will get absolutely embarrassed. All that's left is another Surface event from Microsoft and perhaps another Amazon event for the 21st and the 22nd of October. Then it will be the true... Uh, uh, what's the what's the wrestling analogy of this? I'm not, I'm not into wrestling at all. Uh, SmackDown, sure. So next week will be pretty crowded. So you better be there for next week's episode. And yeah, prepare, um, like a nice meal, uh, perhaps a nice drink, because I think it's gonna be a long episode. It already is from this week. So now that we're done with phone stuff, let's talk about PC news. Now there isn't and much uh, new stuff to talk about other than mainly of course Windows 11 which did drop last week I use it I honestly I think it is a pretty pretty needed uh, improvement over Windows 10 I really like the design changes and I am lucky to use an Intel PC because just like I said last week uh, there are problems with um, uh, performance when it comes to AMD based PCs, you could notice uh, overall significant uh, decreases in performance. AMD and Microsoft promised uh, to release uh, a patch for that, which frankly did happen. Uh, that patch was supposed to fix the problem. So the, uh, the update happened, but it didn't fix the problem. It only made it worse. The original problem was there was a lot of latency when it comes to L3 cache and uh, Ryzen CPUs. And that's not just for unsupported uh, CPUs, even uh, like uh, the, the 5000 series chips. Okay, so right now I'm going to use uh, the Ryzen 7 2700X as uh, an example for that. So, typically, uh, the L3 cache latency for the 2700X is around 10 nanoseconds. For the first ever Windows 11 build, which of course was the build that released on October 5th, had 70% more latency, which uh, increased that all the way to 17.1 nanoseconds. So of course they released a patch, technically speaking, on Tuesday, which somehow made it more than twice as bad. Uh, the, the 2700X now has an L3 cache latency of 39.1 nanoseconds. There are reports saying that they will uh, launch another patch next Tuesday. So let's just keep our fingers crossed and hope for the best. Okay, uh, warning before I go on with the next topic. I do not use emojis. So yeah, any visitors out here listening to this podcast... I apologize, but come on, it is valuable news. So, apparently, Microsoft, uh, as they, uh, as you probably know, already released Windows 11 to the public. With that uh, came new emoji designs, which were frankly very needed. The old emojis from Windows 10 look like stock drawings of, the, uh, of already popular emojis. So personally, I think the new emojis were very much needed and they give uh, a fresh design to those drawings. Now, apparently, apparently, uh, when marketing Windows 11, uh, they used 3D emojis, uh, as you could probably tell from um, any any Windows 11 commercial that has these emojis. Yeah, they're 3D. They're 3D models. But now with Windows 11, you could see that uh, they only used 2D versions of the 3D emojis. How did this happen? 
it's it's a funny story actually uh, as uh, Brandon LeBlanc I think uh, I pronounced that correct I apologize if I didn't uh, who's uh, the senior program manager for the Windows Insider team says that Microsoft used the wrong graphics while marketing Windows 11 so no uh, Microsoft did not scam you if you were uh, only getting Windows 11 for the emojis it was a mistake on Microsoft's part. They were never supposed to come to Windows 11 in the first place. Frankly, I don't know why they even added them. Yeah, uh, that's not necessarily big news. Emojis really aren't used a lot on PCs. That's just f uh, from my experience. But anyways, let's talk about things that at least were used at some point. Microsoft Paint and Notepad. Microsoft Paint, as you guys already know, have uh, has gotten a visual upgrade uh, with the launch of Windows 11, and apparently Notepad is getting the same treatment. It has that smooth and minimalistic uh, design that Windows 11 is aiming for, and finally has updated WinUI uh, menu bars. Because I really do hate it when Notepad acts a bit too square in my opinion. So, with all of that out of the way, Let's move over to our last section today, the tiny topics. Apple has officially won uh, the case between, of course, Apple and Epic Games, and called it a resounding victory. Kind of, as the judge found that Apple violated California's anti-steering rules and demanded Apple to let developers link to outside payment systems. And the first company to implement that feature, Paddle which is a new revenue delivery platform that is planning to launch its software features soon. Apple Watch uh, Series 7 fans might not like the fact that old Apple Watch uh, chargers will not give their, uh, their smartwatches the fast charging they so obviously deserve. Nintendo has officially released the Nintendo Switch OLED model, which apparently are selling really well, but just like with the original Galaxy Fold, do not remove uh, the screen protector. Congratulations to Nothing, which raised $50 million from strategic and uh, private investors, and its deal with Qualcomm, which apparently would help produce uh, chips for Nothing's future devices. Another potentially good partnership is between Sony and Meizu, Sony would now include Meizu apps and services on uh, the Xperia 1 Mark III. And it's quite a busy week for Sony too, as they have just announced a feature where you would register for the chance to get a PS5 for the holidays. AMD has officially unveiled the AMD Radeon RX 6600, which is their cheapest current offering yet, for $329, you get a pretty good 1080p gaming with specs, uh, I believe, exactly similar to the 6600 XT, just with uh, slower clock speeds. Unfollow Everything, uh, a tool that is used uh, to wipe out uh, news feeds on Facebook, has been banned permanently from the website. And to talk in details, Facebook sent uh, the creator Louis Barclay a season desist letter and then Barclay's uh, Facebook and Instagram accounts were permanently disabled and things were so bad that they would have eventually gotten to court but since Barclay didn't have enough money to, uh, to deal with an almost trillion dollar company he just simply retreated. 
And with that, we close the book of everything that's happened in the last 100 weeks. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Please make sure to listen to the other episodes of the podcast. Don't be afraid to leave a review on other podcasts. Don't forget to answer the question down below if you're listening on Spotify. And don't forget to visit checkoftech.com slash contact and leave us a question if you have one. As always, this is Yassin Azam, signing out. See you hopefully in the next 100 weeks.